The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome everyone. Welcome to the show. I've got to start by telling you, remember the ADA Legacy Project next year is the 25th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and we are going to have a big, big, big event in Washington, D.C., but I know you want to know more about it. Go to ADALegacy.com, and hey, you got to buy your T-shirt. Get your ADA25 official commemorative shirts. I have a few. I love them. Get on board. Go to ADALegacy.com. And you know, in order to do everything I'm doing, I know you all know that I founded Bender Consulting Services in 1995, really as a result, um, you know, years working in executive search, having an accident, finding out I had epilepsy, really is what led me to starting the company. But if you don't know, I just want to tell you, without Highmark, it would have never happened. Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield, Highmark in Pittsburgh, Highmark in West Virginia, now Highmark in Delaware. I'm sure our guest is going to tell me more places, but when I went to Highmark in Pittsburgh, I told the CEO, I have this dream, but in order to do this, I need an anchor company. Would you put six people on contract? six people with disabilities and keep them on for three years so I have revenues coming in to get this going. You know how long it took Highmark to say yes? One day. One day. Without Highmark, there wouldn't be a bender, and that is why I am so excited when I have someone from Highmark on the show. And today, that would be David Carter, the Senior Vice President and Chief Communications Officer at Highmark Health. David, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Joyce. It's great to be with you. And it's great to have you working here in Pittsburgh. All delighted to see you there. It's official because the Pennsylvania driver's license came in last week. Okay, now that's it. That's it. So Can't go you back. have black and gold in your office. That's, That's the question. Right. <laughs> yes, I do. Well, we're very happy to have you here, but just so our listeners will understand, would you mind telling our listeners about Highmark Health and then explain what you do? Sure. 
Happy to. Um, and you did such a great job teeing it up. Um, so Highmark Health is a, is a health and wellness company, and I think most people probably on the East Coast would know us. We're the third largest Blue Cross Blue Shield plan in the country, and um, you know we're in western and central Pennsylvania, um, soon to be northeastern Pennsylvania, we hope, uh, as well as the state of West Virginia and Delaware. Um, but in addition to that, we also have um, s- some interesting other businesses. I think most people wouldn't know that uh, Highmark Health is the parent company for VisionWorks, which has 650 optical centers around the country in 40 states. And, um, and we have uh, the Allegheny Health Network in Western Pennsylvania, which is a series of eight hospitals. So when you roll it up together, we're 37,000 employees. We serve 35 million people. And, uh, and it's a great company. Wow, you really got big. You really grew through the years. And by the way, the new CEO, David Holmberg, the new CEO at Highmark, is also just a wonderful person, great leader. And first thing he told me is how he wanted to continue the partnership with Bender with a focus on employment for people with disabilities. And that's my question. As you well know, David, you've worked at different corporations. Um, it is amazing to me that since 1995, every CEO has stood behind me. I mean, every CEO, in addition to, you know, other executives like Deb Rice Johnson and Nanda Turk and Matt Ray, but every CEO from the beginning has stood behind me right through today. Now, in your short time at Highmark, why do you think that is? When there are so many companies, sadly, that do very little in this area, why do you think that is? You know, I think we've got, and there's a lot of companies that talk about having a commitment to diversity, to the community. Here, it's palpable. You can feel it. So I'll give you a great example, and you've probably seen this because you've been here, Joyce. Um, I remember when I was in the interview process for the job that I now hold, um, being in the elevator lobby with probably 10 or 12 uh, people, employees, signing. And that kind of said something to me, and I went upstairs, and as part of the process, I said, you know, I saw some folks sign. They said, oh, yeah, we have a great, you know, program where we bring people in, and there's, you know, great jobs in IT and in other places in the company and stuff. And so there's companies that talk about it, but there's a, there's a real commitment to the mission of what we do to the community um, and, frankly, to employing people that are, that are the same people that we might be selling a product to. Okay, we want, we, want to, we want to look like the community that we serve. Well, you know what you just said. I tell everyone this, I mean about what you saw in the lobby, almost every time I go into the lobby at Highmark, do I not see either one of the people I placed or someone that was referred in some way? I'm telling you, I see someone using a chair. I see someone signing. I see someone using uh, a service dog. It is the real deal. And I always say this. If you want people to self-identify at your company, hire other people. Because when you see other people that look like you, it makes a world of difference. And that's why, by the way, everyone listening, as you know, Highmark 
is known nationally all the way to the White House because of the stellar work they've done, although there are other companies working in this area. What is remarkable is how they were the first and how it started at the top and how it is just, and you know this, uh, David, it is just pervasive throughout the company. It is, and um, and that's why it's so great to be here. I mean, it's it's you know, it, you you talked about my role as chief communications officer. It's nice to have some really wonderful things to point to. Yeah, right. Well, you know, you're not exactly new to the disability world, and uh, again, what do you know? Who knew? Another person at Highmark with that same great include all of us. Um, and that is the work you've been doing at the American School for the Deaf. Could you tell our listeners, first of all, I don't know if they're familiar with it, um, and what they do and what you've been doing with it. I'm happy to. Um, the American School for the Deaf is the oldest school for special education in the Western Hemisphere. It was founded by Thomas Hopkins Gallaudet in April of 1817 in Hartford, Connecticut. It's now located in West Hartford, Connecticut. Wow. And, yeah, and, and, you know, it's funny. In the deaf world, in the deaf community, you often hear ASD referred to as the mother school because it was the birthplace of American Sign Language. And... Um, you know, my kids by now are tired of me telling them the history story, but I'm fascinated by it. So, you know, the idea for ASD um, was when Thomas Hopkins Gallaudet, the namesake for Gallaudet University in Washington, um, he had a, a friend, um, Mason Cogswell, a neighbor in Hartford, Connecticut, who had a daughter named Alice who was deaf. And he was convinced that there was a way that she could be educated. And so he had heard that there was a man named Laurent Clare who was teaching in Paris. So he raised funds in the Hartford community and sailed to Paris and convinced Laurent Clare and two of his teachers to come back with him. And they founded the American School for the Deaf. And Alice Cogswell was the first student. And the iconic statue that you sometimes see, and it's very proudly displayed in the front of the campus at ASD, is of Thomas Hopkins Gallaudet with Alice, Alice on his knee, and she's signing A for Alice. And so that's really, you know, and the fact that we're, you know, we're on the cusp now of being 200 years old is just a tremendous thing and talks about how an institution can change and reinvent itself and still stay true to its mission to educate deaf and hard of hearing students. Um, I've been privileged to be on the board since 2003, and I'm in my fourth year and final year as the board president. And so um, it's been a very um, active time. It's been a meaningful time. I, I, I admit that I'm getting a little wistful as I come to, you know, the end of my term in October because I've spent so much time there. That is fascinating, that history. That is very interesting because all my listeners are familiar, of course, with Gallaudet, but that is very interesting. Uh, this school now, is this High school or middle school? Uh, it goes from preschool up until high school. Um, and, you know, and, and, and we have, you know, kids in different circumstances. It's residential, but we have we almost a couple hundred kids. Some are residential. Some we go out to the community and we outreach. Um, we have, um, as you can imagine, a very committed uh, staff and faculty, and they have this unique expertise. Uh, in teaching kids. Um, we just last year opened uh, a state-of-the-art educational facility, 60,000 square feet, filled with technology that can help these kids. 
And, um, and it's just, it's really a great environment for learning, and it's really a national treasure. I mean, it really, you know, and I'm looking forward to the 200th anniversary when we can really point to it and say, you know, look at the good things that can happen. And look at the thousands and thousands of kids whose life was improved because they had a chance. And when is that 200th anniversary? April of 2017. Wow, that is really something. Now, do you have to live in Connecticut to go to this school? Not at all. Not at all. Although most of the kids tend to be regional. You know, deaf education is a very interesting um, and I guess I know just enough information to be dangerous, but, you know, it used to be um, before mainstreaming of, of students, you know, every state had, a, had in some states had two deaf schools, um, and you had no choice. If you were a parent, that's where your child had to go. And so I've met alumni at ASD who, who will point to the campus and say, my parents brought me here when I was two, and I left when I was 18. You know, today it's different. Um, probably over the last 25, 30 years, ch- parents have a chance to put their kids into the public education system. For some, that's the right answer. For others, it's not. Um, but we draw kids mostly from Connecticut, but we have kids from New York and other New England states. Um, we even have a few international students. Wow. Well, we're going to talk about that more, but right now we have to go to break. Hey, if you just joined us, we're talking to David Carter, the Senior Vice President and Chief Communications Officer at Highmark Health. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with David. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
if you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And hey, before we continue, what's going on in the news and what's going on is the Public Source is hosting an event called Work and Disability, a panel discussion, and this will be a group of experts. They're talking about issues that regard employment of people with disabilities and what they're paid. Tuesday, September 23rd at 7 p.m., if you want more information, and by, I'm sorry, it's at the University Club at the University of Pittsburgh. But if you want more information, publicsource.org. That's publicsource.org. We all hope to see you there. And, David, that's just one of the many universities or colleges in this area that really support uh, the disability community. And... I'm sure they have students who are deaf at the school. Just as you mentioned, David, you know, about mainstreaming, that's true. But at the same time, there are members of the deaf culture that really do prefer, for example, going to NTID or going to Gallaudet or going to your school. Um, in, you know, that's just part of the deaf culture. Oh yeah, no, there's, there's definitely, I mean, it's gotta be an individual and a family decision and there's, you know, and there's different things that are right for different kids. Right. Well, how about if you share with our listeners some success stories of the graduates from the American School for the Deaf? Oh, I, you know, I think, I, I don't know that I'd point to one, but I think what's happened over time in deaf education, you know, if you think about the continuum of deaf education, all of these schools had printing presses and they had um, 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 motor vehicle repair things, and it was you were getting kids ready for a vocation. What's happened is now we get a percentage of the kids going on to higher education. We get, you know, I've had a chance to meet alumni, a wonderful woman who graduated. She was actually, she graduated a while ago, and she's deaf. She went to Washington to Gallaudet. She met her husband, and she went on to a long career in the Washington Post, um, sort of on the business end. Wow! So I mean, there are there are people that you know, and there are, and and I just one of the things that I've really enjoyed most is attending the graduations and listening to the different stories that that, you know these kids have, and and finding out where they're going to go, and and um, and welcoming into the the ranks of the alumni. So there's there's many great stories. At the school, do they provide classes on sign language? Oh, interpreting? yes. Interpreting? Interpreting. Yes. Do they? Uh, because, you know, it's amazing how many people, though, I have met who are interpreters, and you find out that their sister, brother, mother, or father uh, were people from the deaf community. And, uh, of course, we have... Many people who are deaf, and just as you said earlier, David, we have referred many people to Highmark that now have been hired, that have been promoted and have a great career at the school. But here we go. We have our first question from a listener in Ohio, Nancy, and the question is, uh, Mr. Carter, my question for you is, what made you decide to work with the school? 
the American School for the Deaf. Yeah, Nancy, thank you. That's a great question. I was new to Connecticut, and my wife was doing some volunteer work for the American Cancer Society and met someone who was on the board of the school. And they were looking for somebody in my background. I spent a lot of time in Washington. And the school was looking for some help, they thought, with sort of grant writing and government affairs. And, and I was, frankly, looking to do something in the volunteer world. And, you know, here we are 11, 12 years later. I've done everything but grant writing for the school. Um, you know, so, and I never thought I was ever going to be president of the school. Um, and it's just been a great it's really been a great. I was explaining to Joyce when we were off air a few minutes ago. Um, I had this great moment of, a couple months ago when I was reading to my son's elementary school class, and it was a story about kids with disabilities. And we got to a story about um, Helen Keller, and a little boy said, "Boy, that must be very tough to be deaf and to be blind." And I said, "Have you ever met anybody that was deaf or blind?" And he said, "No." And I looked at the teacher and winked, and I said, would you like to go meet a third-grade class of kids that are deaf? And the kids kind of looked at me, and, and long story short, in June, we brought the third-grade class of one school to meet the third-grade class of the other school, and it was kind of a very interesting couple of hours. And at the end of the day, what you walk away with is, you know, kids are kids. And as I said to, to the kids in my son's class, don't look at these as deaf kids. They're just kids that right now are using a different language to communicate. And so the letters that my wife and I got after the trip from parents and from the students was just wonderful. And it's just great to be able to bring those kids together. You did a great thing, David, because it's young people meeting other young people. This is why I don't feel it works when you're just, you know, employed somewhere uh, and you're only with other people with disabilities, just as if you never meet people who have a disability. So I think that was uh, really great. You did that for both parties, for the students at the school, uh, for the deaf, and for the third grade class that you took there. And I am sure it will leave a lasting impression on them. Oh, I hope so. And it was great because the kids in my son's class spent a couple of months learning the rudiments of sign language before they went over to the school on, on YouTube. You can pick up some things. And so it was kind of great that there was some, some interaction between the kids. So I, I think more of us need to do that. I mean, I'd say to everybody, you know, when I'm back in Connecticut, you know, you ought to take a tour of the school for the deaf. You ought to see what this is. I mean, it's been a part of the fabric of the community for 197 years, and it's been making a difference. Right. That's right. Well, I hope to go there sometime. I would love to go there. I'd love so to I'll host be you. calling you. I'll okay. be calling you. Good. Um, okay, here we have another question from a Frank in Kansas. And the question is, uh, David, we have read a lot in the disability community about the great work at Highmark. Why do you think other companies are not doing the same? Uh, Frank, that's a good question. I don't know whether it's they don't know how to start. I don't know whether it's because that's just one more thing to think about when you're thinking about finding employees. Um, But I can tell you, as I talk to the business leaders here who have people with disabilities in their business units, um, they all have great things to say. And, you know, Joyce 
read, mentioned several of them, all colleagues of mine, peers of mine, and they're all tremendously behind sort of this effort to bring people inside. So I prefer to think that it's just because people, it's one more thing to think about, and um, I think it's, a, it's not a crime of commission, it's a crime of omission. It's, it, it's sort of how do we get started? Where do we go to find people to, to bring them in? And, when, and frankly, and then what's the right role? Well, you know, I have a little saying I have to share with Frank and everyone else, and that is high mark sets the high mark for other companies to follow. And, David, you're allowed to use that in communications. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. But they really do. They really do set a high mark. Um, I will tell you a little story. I was with the great Senator Tom Harkin, who in the disability community, oh, my goodness, we all love. I don't think you could go anywhere in the United States and talk to any disability group and not say, okay, who is the senator? I mean, since Senator Kennedy passed away. Who is the senator we need to call? to help people with disabilities. It's Tom Harkin. That's it. And I've known him. Uh, I love him. I, we're also upset he is retiring this year. Uh, but for 40 years, 40, he worked in our area. Anyway, I had a meeting with him and some other leaders about four years ago where they said, okay, come up with some companies that employ people with disabilities where it's from the top down. And everyone say, oh, we'll be able to come up with so many companies, and I'm not going to mention who they named, but they named all these very well-known companies in the United States. But it was all said and done. There were only five. And guess what? Four of them were in Pittsburgh. And guess that. what? The largest one was Highmark. That's what I mean about, you know, I know when I took Ted Kennedy Jr. to Highmark and he talked to the executives, he said, I know, you probably can't imagine when Joyce tells you how well-known you are for the work you've done in disability employment, but they are. And whether you're at the Department of Labor anywhere, you say Highmark Disability, they know. So to Frank, all the listeners, I, you know, all I can say is we need more people to do what Highmark's doing for whatever the reason is. But with Section 503 of the Rehabilitation Act, I think you'll be seeing a big change because for the first time ever, I've had federal contractors calling me about employing people with disabilities. But here's the thing they always say in D.C. about Highmark. They've been doing it for years. They didn't need a regulation. So... Hopefully, other companies are soon going to be following. Um, and speaking of businesses supporting uh, schools, I wanted to ask you, how is the school engaged with the business community to support school or work or internships for students? Um, that's a great question. So obviously, our kids are sort of pre-college kids or pre-going out into the work field. So we've got a pretty robust student work experience program, and there's a number of companies in the area that we go to or that come to us. I'm aware of one very large 
um, pharmacy uh, chain that just came to us, and they've got a facility in the area, and they said, hey, we'd, we'd love to give some of your kids a chance to work here. So, that, you know, there's kind of a great feeder program, and it goes both ways. And, so I, and I give the administration of the school, the new executive director, Jeff Braven, a lot of credit for the fact that, you know, they reach out into the community to make employers aware of the fact that they're there and they've got a very capable, you know, student body that could be a part of the workforce. Wow. Well, isn't that great? I mean, again, that's what gets people hired, seeing those students go to those companies That's what changes the way people think. And we'll talk more about that when we come back from the break. If you just joined us, we're talking to David Carter, Highmark, Senior Vice President and Chief Communications Officer. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. News, opinion, Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're talking to David Carter, who's the Senior Vice President and Chief Communications Officer at Highmark Health, who has really, really an interesting background. And before we go on and talk more about the employment of people with disabilities, David, when you were in D.C., what did you do during that time? 
I was in Washington for about 18 years, and I was in a number of different roles. I went there as a young person, fresh, of, fresh off a political campaign, and um, um, it actually was Frank Lautenberg's campaign in New Jersey the first time, 1982. I went to work for a congressman named Bernard Dwyer from New Jersey, and I spent seven years on Capitol Hill. I was a lobbyist for a, um, a wonderful woman named Ann Wexler for a number of years, and then I was very fortunate to have an appointment by President Clinton, and I was Vice President of Communications at the Export-Import Bank of the United States. And what, what was that like to you? I mean, that's a big deal, being um, an appointee. Uh, it was a tremendous experience. I mean, I, I, I just, I, and I, I tell young people that I talk to, first of all, Washington's a great experience. You know, it's a, it's a great place, you know, different than some places. I mean, maybe it's not the financial compensation. I think it's the, it's the experience that you get. And everybody, what my, my, when I think back to the, when I was in my 20s, everybody that was somebody that I knew had an interesting job. Everybody was working for a congressman, a senator. They were an, an interesting government agency. They were, you know, a junior person in a lobbying firm. And, and it was just interesting. Um, but being an appointee was a great honor. And uh, it was a very dynamic time. Of course, the Exim Bank's having an interesting challenge right now getting rechartered. But um, I spent a lot of time overseas and supporting uh, three different chairmen of the bank in three years. So that was very interesting. Now, where was that overseas? Where? Oh, my kids like to talk about it. I, I, I was in 18 countries in 16 months at one point it, wow. during my tenure. So it was, it, was, it was sort of a, there was an Asian financial crisis at the time. And so it was spending a lot of time in Asia, um, um, you know, some South America, some, some Europe. Um, but yeah, it was very interesting. It was inter- an interesting time and you were meeting decision makers. So I was in the last group of Americans in Indonesia seven days, 10 days before Suharto fell. Um, we would go to, we, we went to China and we're in Beijing and we met the person who then became uh, the, the, the most recent uh, prime minister of China, uh, the president of Thailand, the president of Brazil. It was a very fascinating time. You know what? Wow. You definitely have uh, seen it all going to all those countries. I, but I find that so exciting. I'm sure that you really enjoyed it. Oh, it was a great experience. It was a great experience. Yeah. Okay. Well, we were talking before about Highmark, um, and, you know, it seems so hard to get other companies. You talked earlier. Do you think that is just due to omission? I mean, I'd like to think that's what it is. And I think that, more, that, that the more companies and leaders of companies that are active in this area can sort of, you know, kind of bring other executives along and say, look, you know, this works for us. Let's talk about how it works and the mechanics and where you can find people that, you know, can, I mean, because businesses, you know, they're looking at the end of the day for a skill set. I don't think it makes a difference whether or not somebody's in a wheelchair. They're looking for a skill set. So if, if, if they can, if it, you know, it's, it's marrying the, you know, the need for the skill set to, to the right person. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, we have a question from Jerry in Rhode Island. And the question is, do you think, Mr. Carter, that the reason companies do not hire people with disabilities is due to stigma about their ability? Well, Jerry, I, thanks for the question. I, I, I can't imagine in this day and age um, that, that 
companies that that really forward thinking companies could ever think that way. I mean, I, I think that yeah, I'd prefer to think that it's you know where do we find this part of the labor pool? Where, where do we find people that fit our needs? You know, I'm aware in Connecticut of one particularly big chain that built a facility near Bradley Airport, and they have a tremendous track record of bringing in people with disabilities. So I think it takes, I really, but it's a company that's got a commitment, and I think right. it all starts with a commitment. See, one of the reasons it's hard for you to see that is because of where, well, let's start here, because of you and who you are. Obviously, by what you do with that school for the deaf tells us a lot about you. That's why it's hard for you to imagine people thinking that. But sadly, when they did a survey many years ago with different companies, one of the reasons they gave for not hiring people with disabilities was they felt they would be inferior at work. What about that? That's a shame. I mean, well, I, have to, I have because to say, you can't envision that. That's why. Well, I because have to say, of what a good I, person you are. You know, take it out of the work context. My my oldest kids have been very active in a Boy Scout troop, and I'll tell you, and it's one of the largest, if not the largest, Boy Scout troop in the state of Connecticut. 120, 125 boys. There's a boy there who who is disabled. And I mean, he hangs in with those guys like the rest of them. I mean, he's just a tremendous role model for the kids. And so, um, you know, boy, you'd hate to think that people think that way. Yeah, I know. I know. I know I'd hate to think that too, but, you know, that is sadly the way it is. Well, David, just as I said, you're a good person. You're very open-minded. But... Do you think if other companies would go talk to a place like Highmark um, or, or maybe start doing those internships you talked about earlier, if they did that, do, do you think that would help more to open doors? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I think that, that a company today that wants to be successful and has a need for a skilled labor pool, I think you should be out mining the schools that are, that are nearby that have, you know, that have kids or young adults that are in the right population. I think you should talk to other companies. And, you know, um, you mentioned Matt Ray, who's the president of our, uh, of our health solutions company, which is a former IT department here. You know, I mean, there, there, there's people here who have an ongoing good experience with bringing in people that have disabilities. And, you know, I think they should, you know, they, they could be somebody that other companies could come and talk to. Well, as I said earlier, it's obvious that you're a good person, David. So here's my question for you. Who, who was your role model? You know, I was very, I'm very fortunate. I'm very, I was very close to my grandfather and my father. I talked to my father every Saturday morning and we'd check in and he's a great counselor. I've worked with great CEOs, Jack Rowe and Ron Williams at Aetna and Renee Lair at Magellan. But I have to say the person who kind of made the difference in my life was my first employer and uh, Congressman Bernard Dwyer. And, um, and Joyce, the interesting thing is I know your good friend, Tony Coelho, Congressman Coelho was our across-the-hall neighbor for most of my time on Capitol Hill. And, it, and I, can, I can vouch for the fact that he was the hardest-working member on the Hill. <laughs> well, that is still the way it is today. That no. is still the way it is. And there's a man that is just so dedicated to the employment and quality of life for people with disabilities and 
not only that, people living with epilepsy. He's just unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, speaking of epilepsy, we have a caller on the line right now. Peggy, are you on the line? I am, Joyce. This is Peggy Beam, the CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA. You have a question for David Carter. I do. Well, first of all, Mr. Carter, I, I never miss an opportunity to say thank you um, to anybody who's representing Highmark because they're um, such an important part of our community and our region here in, in uh, Western and Central Pennsylvania and have always been such a great supporter of the Epilepsy Foundation. And, and um, So thank you very much um, for that and for being such a great supporter of epilepsy and the Epilepsy Foundation. Um, but what I wanted to ask, I mean, I'm, just, I'm, I'm listening to you and to Joyce, and, and you're both so positive and, and have such a positive, up, upbeat outlook on life and on this issue, which, you know, especially I think to young people sometimes who have disabilities, you know, the whole employment picture can be somewhat daunting. And so um, I guess my question to you is for those of us who are working with folks, what, what can we say to them? What can, you know, what is it that people need to keep in mind so that, they keep positive so that they keep plugging so that they, you know, even in the face of, of that stigma that employers sometimes have and the discrimination that we know does exist, even though we don't want to think about it, we don't like to think about it, we know it's out there. You know, what can we say to them to kind of keep them positive, keep them going? You know, Peggy, thanks for the question. Thanks for the call. Um, yeah, I'll tell you what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about something that I saw a year and a half ago, the governor of Connecticut came to speak at the School for the Deaf, and he and the lieutenant governor of Connecticut have been great supporters. The governor of Connecticut right now is a very interesting guy, and he stood there in front of this graduating class, and he said, you know something? He said, when I, I didn't learn how to read until I was in sixth grade, seventh grade. I had issues. And he said, and I'm not, I would never say that I have issues of the magnitude maybe that some of you have faced, but I had challenges in my life. And he said, you know, teachers came to my parents and said, listen, you know, this kid, he's not going to amount to much. You should do this with him. You should put him over here. And he looked at these kids and he said, today, I'm the governor of Connecticut. That's not so bad. And these kids kind of laughed. So I think there's a part of me that says it's role models. It's it's involvement, it's getting them out of the classroom or bringing people into the classrooms. You know, I mean, there's this, there's, it, it can be daunting, but I have to say, I think, it's, I think employment is daunting anyway to young people. And so I think the more interaction that there is between employers and kids and, and people who, 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 in my case with the School for the Deaf, I love it when recent alums come back you know, even the kids from college, you know, at, the, at ASD, sometimes it's daunting thinking about college. Right. Right. So you bring those kids back and say, look, you remember this kid walking around campus two years ago? Well, now they're at Gallaudet. Right. And they're, right. then they're knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. Great suggestions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you but again. I know, Thank Peggy, you for everything I know, you Peggy, do. that another person who's done a lot at Highmark is Deb Rice Johnson. Absolutely. Mm, Who one of my personal now. heroes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deb's great. Well, it's great that Highmark has been supportive, just as you said. But, Peggy, I want to also say you're doing a great job. Oh, well, thank you, Joyce. That's very nice to hear. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thanks for calling in, Peggy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Just another example of the many things Highmark has done. 
evidenced by that phone call. So, uh, David, you already have accomplished so much in your life, but if you had to talk about some of the things that you are the proudest of, what would they be? Oh, I mean, I think, you know, the fact that I'm a parent and I've got four wonderful kids and a, and a tremendous wife, um, you know, I, I, that's, that goes without saying. Um, really, the experience, of, when I think back um, through great work experiences and great people that I've worked for, and it really has been 11 years at ASD, and it really is going to be kind of a, a void for me to fill, and I'm thinking about that right now. Um, I kind of wander around campus, and um, that, that's my idea of a tour of Central Connecticut. I'll put people in the car and say, let's go over and walk around ASD. Um, so just the things that we've been able to do, I mean, just you know, in a nutshell, they talked about a new campus, a new, a new building on campus for 23 years, and a couple years ago, we just decided to take the bull by the horns, and, and we did it. And I was there the day school opened, and it's just tremendous when faculty and staff kind of come up to you and hug you and say, I never thought I'd see this day. And so it's really, you kind of feel like you were a small part in what's been a, a long journey, and you've got the school financially stable and moving in the right direction and on the cusp of 200 years, all, years uh, in operation. And, and the fact that you were able to be a small part of its success is just, it, it's very rewarding. Wow. Well, those are both great accomplishments. Um, another question here from Cindy, who actually is in Pittsburgh. How about that? Uh, David, I just want to thank you so much for all the work Highmark does communicating their belief in employing people with disabilities. I'm certain it will be like this everywhere that you are, but thank you. Thank you, Cindy. And by the way, they do. They do communicate this constantly. And David, I'm sure you will carry on the same thing, right? All these other city places you're going to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, because I know, for example, in Delaware, that Governor Jack Markell, he is so committed to the employment of people with disabilities. And there you are, right there at Highmark. Yes, that's true. That's true. We very large provider in the state. David, one question I have for the news media. Um, if anyone listening to the show uh, wants to contact Highmark um, about the employment of people with disabilities, would you be the person they call? Oh, I think uh, the employment part of our website. Right? And what would that be? Uh, Highmark, HighmarkHealth.org. HighmarkHealth.org. And so anyone can go directly there and have an inquiry. Yes. All right. Well, David, what message do you want to leave with our listeners today? Oh, I I just think, you know, take the time to make a difference. I mean, take the time. If, If you're not volunteering, you know, it's not that, you know, you can take an hour a week, you can take two hours a week. You know, I just think that there's, there's a reward that you'll get from just the interaction and just trying to make a difference for people's lives. How true is that? Um, And with that, we have a quote from someone that just is all about the ADA, and that person is President George H.W. Bush, who said, 
the day that the Americans with Disabilities Act was signed, let the shameful wall of exclusion finally come tumbling down. And folks, I hope that day is now. This is Joyce Bender talking to David Carter. David, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joyce. It's been great. On Disability Matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management.